0: Hey, guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, TC. Let's give it up for everybody that's new one more time. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad you guys are here. And, uh, man, we're jumping into the dull life, the last part of this series, and so, man, it's been a great one so far. We've gotten so much great feedback from all of you guys, and and uh, so we want to jump straight in um, to this idea. Has anyone felt tired before? Any? Okay, good. Every parent was like, sorry, I didn't even, right? Uh, maybe you've felt tired before. Has anyone felt tired, but it wasn't just your physical body that was tired. It was like there was it was like your soul was tired, right? And I remember listening to a pastor that I really, really respect, and he was talking about um, apex predators. And with these apex predators, he, they were going, uh, he was watching the Discovery Channel, so I was like, man, I want to go find this. And so I went and watched it as well, and it was like the the 10 most deadly animals <clears throat> on the planet. So they're going through the list, and it's like lions and Tiger, you're like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, if I want to watch a Discovery Channel, I don't want to watch, like, a mass of ants on a hill. I want to see, like, something devouring something else, you know what I'm saying? And maybe that says something about me, but we'll deal with that later. All right, so, but oh, we were watching it, and it was like, man, what were the, what, and, and so it's going down, and we were like, man, what's going to be number one, what's going to be number one? And guess what number one was? Killer whales, the orcas. And I was like, this brought a whole new thing for me, because I was like, free willy, you know what I mean? Like, and so, uh, some of y'all old enough to remember that movie where it was like, oh man, it's such a cute little whale, you know, and come to find out these things are terrifying. And so I was, uh, I was watching it. And so they hunt in packs, apparently about 25 to 30 of them. They hunt their prey and they'll devour anything in the ocean. Like great white shark. Got it. Giant whale, 10 times their size. No problem. They'll destroy anything in the ocean. But they hunt in packs, pods of about thirty. They're actually in the dolphin family, which really changed how I feel about dolphins. But that's a whole other thing. We're not getting into it today. And so, but here's what they would do: they would they would find their prey, and then they would they would in a mass of a pod they would start to disorient their prey. They would swim above it and below it and beside it and fast and slow down and go around it. And they would get their prey all disoriented. And then what they would do is they would they would form a circle around the prey and get the, the animal all disoriented. And all of a sudden, uh, they would leave a little window open of the surrounding where the prey could eventually see the opening go through the opening and as it would go through that opening what they didn't know is about a little about a mile away the rest of the pod would be waiting and as soon as it got out with hope that it was about to make it away that portion of the pod would destroy it and then the rest of the pod would catch up and they would all eat together and I was watching this going oh my gosh this is exactly what the enemy would love to do to us to, to allow us to become disoriented with everything that's going on in our lives and throwing things at us and letting things come at us. And then as those things come at us, there's a there's a little window of hope. And, and how many guys know when you get that glimmer of hope, like the last ounce of energy goes into getting through that window of hope. And then you get through that window of hope. And has anyone ever felt like as soon as you got through it, the door slammed shut on you? Okay, good. We're in the right church then. And, and it reminded me of this book that I read recently. Uh, and, and in this book, the pastor who wrote it was talking about this idea of what they call the doldrums. And the doldrums is this area along the equator where the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere meet. And what happens is the winds of the southern hemisphere and the winds of the northern hemisphere come together right here on the equator. And, and there's a there's little stretch of water in the ocean where there's absolutely no wind. And ships would get caught in this space, and when they would get caught in this space, their sails couldn't capture anymore. And it's been known over the centuries that in these places, it's called the doldrums, where there's no wind, there's no air. In these places called the doldrums is where people have died of starvation because the ships literally won't move. And maybe... You can resonate with the idea of your soul feeling like it's been in a windless space. Maybe you can resonate with feeling like, I don't feel like the current is taking me anywhere, and I don't feel like there's anything in my sails to keep me moving forward. And that's what I want to talk to you about today with this idea of being tired. Turn to your neighbor and say tired. Don't say it like you're tired. Just say tired, all right? So... Turn to the person you just neglected on the other side of you and say tired, all right? So what it means to be tired, because the doldrum, say doldrum, the space with no air. You know, we talked about languishing and how languishing is this space uh, between flourishing and depression, this place where we aren't all together. Things aren't terrible, but they're not great either. And languishing is where psychologists believe the vast majority of America and the vast majority of the world are currently at. And I want to say languishing is the word, but I believe the doldrums is the environment. I believe languishing is what we're going through, but the place where there is no air is the environment that we're experiencing it. And today I want to introduce to you a little bit about what the solution might be. There's three elements that we need in life. There's three elements we need in life. I'm going to give these to you relatively quickly, at least the first two, pretty quickly. We need sun, we need soil, and we need oxygen to grow something. That makes sense, right? Everyone, go back to fifth grade, right, where you stepped on the shovel and it hit you in the forehead because you weren't paying attention. all right. So we need sun, we need soil, and we need oxygen to grow anything. And the three components of an abundant life, and I want to I introduce to you for just a second the first two and how we grow in them. And we've kind of moved through them in this series, but I just want to put them right in front of you very easily. And then we're going to get into the third one, and that's where really we're going to hang out for a few minutes today. But the first one is sun is light. Say light. And what we need, first and foremost, as a believer who's trying to walk out the Christian life, who can be tired, whose life needs meaning, who can feel heavy, and all the things that we've talked about throughout the series, the number one we think, number one need that we have as believers is we need the light of Christ in our lives. So before we need anything else, we need Jesus to show up in our lives. John 8, 12, Jesus says this. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the, say that word with me. Light of the world, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And in John chapter 15, Jesus is giving us an understanding of what it would look like to be truly connected to him. And in John 15, 5 through 6, he says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you abide in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Now, can we all be honest for just a moment and acknowledge that maybe over the last couple years, our life has felt like it was bearing a little less fruit than other seasons? Can we all acknowledge that we've been in a little bit of a state of confusion and our life hasn't bared the type of fruit that it has bared in the past? And maybe we can all acknowledge that we've leaned a little more heavily into our understanding versus Jesus over the last couple of years because we just haven't known what else to do. Now, maybe that's not you at all, and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Me and Jesus are closer than we've ever been. Well, good for you, okay? But for the rest of us, anybody struggled a little bit lately? All right, cool. You'll bear much fruit if you do not abide in me, though. This is what Jesus is saying. If you do not abide, if you do not rest in me, if you do not rely on me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Come on. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And we just help you with what we've done throughout this series. As we've talked about Paul, we've talked about Moses and Jacob, we've talked about Esther, we've talked about Mordecai, right? We've talked about all of these characters. We've talked about Joseph. But let me help you for a second. Every single person, every single hero, every single character of the Old Testament isn't about you. It's all about Jesus. Every character that we read about in the Old Testament is a foreshadow of who Jesus would ultimately become on our behalf. If you don't believe me, let me show you for just a second. Moses would lead his people out of captivity. What did Jesus do for us? lead us out of our own sinful captivity. Esther would be the unexpected Savior from unexpected lineage, and Jesus is the unexpected Savior from the unexpected lineage. Mordecai would stand and not bow, be threatened to be killed, only to be praised as a Savior. Guess who else would stand, not bow, and be able to die for us and be praised as a Savior? Jesus. Joseph would be innocent, yet accused, stripped of his garments, twice and unfairly tried. Guess who else was accused, stripped of his garments, and unfairly tried? Jesus. Except unlike them, Jesus' treatment led him all the way to the cross where he could be the light of the world for us. So Jesus is the light that we need. And if we're talking about growth, we need the light in our life. And I want you to understand something because when we're talking about being tired, what we really need is rest. Say tired. Tired. Say rest. rest. Anybody ever needed rest before? Some of you are like, maybe now, actually. So, uh, like, anybody, we've all needed rest before. And I want you to understand, that rest comes from knowing our, who our story is really about. I want you to grab a hold of this. Rest comes from knowing who our story is really about. I want you to grab a hold of this, put it on your kid's forehead if you have to, so you can see it every day. All right, listen, your story not about you. And I know that like stands in the face of everything secular society tells you, like you are awesome and you are beautiful and maybe you are cool and maybe you are beautiful and you need to increase your self-confidence. What I'm here to tell you though is that your story is about Jesus more than anything else. And this is good news, not bad news, because guess what Jesus doesn't do? Lose. So if your story is about how Christ is victorious in all things, even the things that look like would have crippled us, and he never loses. Guess what you don't have to worry about doing? Losing. So now your story is connected to a bigger story about how Christ is constantly victorious and triumphant over all things. And so now we get to find rest, not in our capabilities, but in knowing who controls this whole thing. And so he's invested in your story. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's got this. All right. Some of y'all partied way too hard last night, I'm telling you right now. So we can work. Listen to me. I put this in my notes. I want you to grab a hold of this. We can work while we rest when we know the ultimate outcome of our story is in the hands of the one who is glorified in my story. And that's where it matters the most. So we need sun. So we need the light. But we also need soil. We need the right environment. Say environment. We need the right environment. Mark chapter 4, Jesus is telling a story, and he's talking about a farmer. And this is where I want you to grab a hold of something. Has anyone ever looked at somebody else's life and be like, man, they've got it so much better than me. Like, they've just got it all together, and I'm over here struggling. Anybody? Right? I just, I, I just need some help because, think,, I don't even know if Jesus even remembers who I am. Like, we're over here struggling. And I want to show you what Jesus talks about because he talks about this idea that it's not about what the person has, but where the person is that dictates whether or not they grow. I'm going to say that again. It's never been about what you have. It's been about where you put what you have. In Mark chapter 4, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places. When the sun came up, the plants were scorched because the soil was shallow, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so they did not bear fruit. And in verse 8, he says, But other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times. Now, what's the difference between those seeds? Did they all have the capacity to produce? Did they all have the capacity to create good fruit? Did they all have the capacity to grow big plants? So what was the difference between the ones that did and the ones that didn't? The environment. And for some of us, we think that somebody else just has a better situation than us. The reality is, no, no, no. God's giving all of us what we need to fulfill what he's calling us to. It's just that some of us keep putting ourselves in bad environments and wondering why we can't grow. Listen, if you want to be fruitful, put yourself in the environments of fruitfulness. Put yourself in good soil. It's not the product that makes things grow, but the environment and the culture that makes things grow. It's not the seed that's being planted, but the soil you're being planted in. So what's the solution to where you are? Listen to me. It's your environment. There's a story of a a young man who's an incredible violinist and a musician. And uh, so he went and played uh, in a uh, a subway station. Uh, And I believe they have a photo they're going to throw up on the screen for me. that He went and played in a subway station. And so he's there, and and he's he's playing all of these ridiculous songs—Mozart and just Beethoven, some of the greatest musician, uh, greatest songs written in classical music history. He plays all of those songs. I think he got like thirty dollars for four hours as he was playing. People would just drop him money. Thousands of people walked past him the whole time he was in there. Right, most of them didn't even pay attention because if you're in New York and someone's doing something in a subway, you know what you do? Not today. Right, So he's in there, he's playing his instrument, and as he's playing, people are walking past him, no big deal. His name is Joshua Bell. He's a world-renowned, gets paid millions of dollars to play that violin. And on this day, 99.5% of the people in the subway station walked right past him and never looked at him twice. Two days before that, he played the exact same music. I want to show you a picture of what it looked like when he was doing that. Literally six blocks away from this train station with the Grand Symphony Orchestra in the United States. And he played the exact same pieces of music where he made hundreds of thousands of dollars and did it in front of thousands of people. He played the same music the same way. And in one situation, he was applauded and he was praised and he was fruitful. And in the other situation... It was almost like he didn't even exist. What was the difference? The environment. And how many of us are trying to get new toys and new houses and new cars and bigger bank accounts? And we're looking for something where we think we need more seed. We don't need more seed, we need the same seed in different soil. Some of us think we can take the seed that we have and we can be in soil and in environments that keep squelching and squeezing the life out of us. Listen to me. As long as you keep trying to produce something in the environments that's squeezing the life out of you, it's not going to produce. And I want to encourage you with this idea that don't don't think that you can take the same thing God put in you and keep going into environments where it's being robbed from you and you're going to flourish. Because the world doesn't appreciate everything that you bring to the table. But I'm here to tell you today that there is an environment, there is a place, there is a spot for you in which the kingdom of God is benefiting by you doing exactly what he's called you to do. And so we need to be in the right environment. Maybe, just maybe, the problem that we're running into at this point isn't that we're doing it wrong. We're just doing it in the wrong places. Maybe the problem isn't that we, need, uh, that we don't have the right environment Maybe the problem isn't that we don't have enough seed. Maybe the problem isn't all of those things. Maybe the problem is we've forgotten who gave us what we need to have. And maybe we've forgotten the best place we can thrive with it. And we've talked about it over the past few weeks that there's spots where people have made true impact. The greatest impact their life has ever made has been right in one of these buildings where they've changed generations of young people. And maybe your job never brings you the type of fulfillment you're looking for, but maybe we can create a spot right here where it starts to create that type of environment for you. And so we need that. And so we have the light, we have the soil. And today I want to talk to you for the next few minutes about air. Turn to your neighbor say air. Come on, say it like you believe it. Say air. All right, so we have air. And so the sun, the light is Jesus. The environment is where we grow in. But I want to talk to you about the air, the breath, and 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 what I mean by that is today I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit. I know for some of you, you're like, ah, I knew it. I'm out. This charismatic dude is getting crazy again. No, listen, like, so. I want to talk to you today about the Holy Spirit. And some people, you're, when, as soon as I say that, some people's mentality is like, maybe you grew up in uh, different denominations or different religions and like everything. You're like, I'm good with Father, like God, I'm good with God. I'm good with Jesus, his son who died for me. But that ghost thing, that spirit, I don't mess with spirits, man. I do not even watch those movies, right? But I want to talk to you today about the third part and probably the most neglected part of the Trinity of God that we serve. And it's the Holy Spirit, but hear me, it's also the most important component. Outside of salvation, the Holy Spirit is the most important component you can have to your Christian journey. And today I want to show you why I believe some of us as Christians have gotten so tired and remained so tired. Because we've praised Jesus, but we haven't done it in an empowered way. And today I want to take the next few minutes because I want to show you three things that Jesus is, if I can, today as we wrap up this series. Number one, I want you to understand that he's your helper. He's your helper. Anybody ever needed help before? Anybody ever broke down on the side of the road before? That's a whole different kind of help. You know what I'm talking about? Right? He's your helper. Right? The person in the Trinity that's with you right now. Listen, I want to help you understand something. This is just good theology for you to have, a good understanding of God. Jesus is not with you right now. The Holy Spirit is with you right now. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father right now interceding on our behalf, praying for us who is with you right now, is the Spirit of God sent by God the Father. And when Jesus said, I have to leave so that the Spirit can come, he said, I'm going into the heavens. I'm going to go sit at the right hand of the Father, but I'm going to send to you the helper. And then John 14, 16, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, right? That word advocate means comforter or helper, to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. Jesus says, I've got to leave, but as I get ready to leave, I'm going to send the Spirit of God. God, the Holy Spirit I'm gonna send him in my place because here's the deal I can be in one place at one time but the spirit can be everywhere and so he's gonna reside in you and so the person of the Trinity that we need the most listen he comforts us when we need comforting he convicts us when we need conviction anybody ever been in a spot you knew you shouldn't have been in right and you had that thing like hey brother you better get out of here and you're like mm, is that indigestion right like has anybody ever been in those places where there was, God was convicting you and saying, like, hey, this isn't, maybe you used to go here, but now something's changed in you and I don't want you here anymore, right? Guess what that was? That was the Holy Spirit in your life saying, this isn't it for you anymore. It used to be it for you, but now that you've given your life to Jesus, I'm bringing you an awareness that this isn't where you want to be anymore. But have you ever been in a place of mourning or grieving or pain? Where all of a sudden, in that moment where you were hurting beyond belief, there was also this overwhelming peace that kind of came to you. And you're like, man, it doesn't even make sense for me to be okay right now. That's also the Holy Spirit. He convicts us to make sure that we're reflecting Christ. but He also comforts us so that we can experience the heart of Christ, even in our deepest sorrow. So he, he convicts us, he comforts us, He's the one that's picking up your heart from mourning, carrying you through grieving and energizing you with purpose. And so he's here. And I love what uh, Rich Veladas, a, a pastor in the country, was talking about this idea that um, he, he tweeted out. You remember when Jesus turned the water into wine at the wedding? Anybody, you guys remember that story in the Bible? So they ran out of wine. Jesus turned water into wine. Some of you are like, yes, that's actually my favorite story in the whole Bible. Uh, so... But he turned water into wine at the wedding, and and, uh, I was reading a tweet from Rich Valotis, and he said, um, Jesus did turn water into wine, but it still took somebody filling up the buckets first. And I thought to myself, wow, that's so crazy, because a lot of times what we really need the Spirit of God to do is to help us put ourselves in the right position for God's favor to show up, for a miracle to show up. And I don't know about you, maybe you're as guilty of this as I am. Sometimes I like to sit back in my recliner like, all right, God, it's your turn to do something. And God's saying, I never asked for you to sit down. I asked for you to keep filling buckets, and I'll turn it into what I need to turn it into. And the Holy Spirit is our comforter, but he's our helper to keep us going, even when we feel like we can't go ourselves. Anybody ever felt like you were tired and running out? Maybe you felt tired and empty. I'm here to tell you today, what the Holy Spirit is looking to do is empower you to turn what you're doing for God into miraculous benefits. And so he's our helper. So here's what I I, I gave for you in your notes. God is looking for us to serve with expectation. And I even put a little tagline on there, rather than waiting with expectation. God's looking us looking for us to serve with expectation." What do I mean by serve? Find your place on the dream team, on a team, somewhere in a group. Find your place where you can make a difference in somebody else's life. Because hear me, while you're look, anybody looking for God to do something good in your life, come on, just raise your hands for me real quick. anybody looking for God to do something great in your life, maybe financially, maybe a blessing, maybe just meeting you in a powerful way, improving your marriage, making sure your kids don't go buck wild and lose their mind, whatever it is. Like maybe you're looking for God to do something in your life. Listen to me. I want to help you understand something. You got to fill the buckets while you look for Him to make the miracle. We got got to keep serving we got to keep looking for how we can be moving while we're looking for God to be moving and so we have to we should do this with an expectation too many of us are looking for God to bless the wrongness let me explain what that means we're looking for God to bless our laziness our slothfulness our unpleasantness our cold-heartedness our half-heartedness our unwillingness, our opinionatedness, our ridiculousness, or our nothingness. We're saying, God, I want you to show up in my life. He's saying, you got a lot of the wrongness. But what if his graciousness turns into fruitfulness where he sees faithfulness? And maybe God's looking for our life to become more faithful before he makes them more fruitful. And the spirit of God is capable of that, so He's our helper, but He's also our source. He's your source, Brad. What do you mean by my source? He's the one that makes everything keep on going. He makes everything to keep going. He He keeps moving everything forward. We've asked this before, but have any of us felt tired lately? And you were able to tap into something that was more than what you thought you were capable of. And here's how, here's how I believe some of us experience God. All right, I've got this little bucket here. And, and here's the thing. This cup is, I want you to imagine that this cup is just full of the Holy Spirit. Like, man, that's not even a Yeti. All right, calm down. Calm down. Whatever. All right. <laughs> Can it even stay cold? All right, so I want you to imagine that this cup is full of the Holy Spirit. And this bucket is your life. All right? And I want you to imagine this for a second. And so the Holy Spirit comes in and, and he, he comes in. And we have this amazing experience with God. And when we have a salvation experience, we have an emotional church service, we have something. Anybody experienced the presence of God in a powerful way before? And when you experience the presence of God in a powerful way, you have this little moment where he, you know that the Spirit of God has now been put into your life. Come on, help me out for a second, right? And you're like, oh, man, I feel good. Anybody, like, you've been ready to walk through hell with a squirt gun? You know what I'm saying? Like, today's my day, not today, devil, right? And then the McFlurry machine is broken, and you're like, all right, maybe it is today. Maybe it is today, right? So anyways, but like, so you we come in and we experience the presence of God, he comes into our life. But here's the problem, and this is what most of us don't realize. Listen, you can only ride on that experience for so long. Because unfortunately in your life, you may not realize it, but there's a leak in your life where the presence of God is constantly being drained out of you just as quickly as it's being put into you. Come on, anybody ever felt, you you had a big experience with God, but then a week later, two weeks later, you're like, why do I feel so empty? Hear me, because you let him put some in, but you didn't realize he's not just a cup to be filled up. He's a source that should never stop flowing. And what it should, we don't treat Jesus like a cup that can be poured into us. We should treat him like a tap. That never gets turned off in our life. And that's why I believe many of us have found ourselves completely burnt out. And we're going, man, I know I had that experience with God three weeks ago. How come I feel so tired? Because you had one experience with God. But listen to me. God wants you to experience him every day. Because a source is something that we always go back to. And that's what we need in our lives, a source that never stops sowing. Uh, Galatians 5, through 23 says it like this, but the fruit of the Spirit. I want you to think for a second as I get ready to read these, how many of these you've run short on recently? Love. You're like, not for my spouse. Okay, anyone else, right? <laughs> Love. Joy. Come on, let's get real for a second. Peace forbearance, kindness, goodness. Anybody's goodness run out recently? Anybody found themselves more irritable at stupid things lately? Hmm, okay, good. Well, not good, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Right? Faithfulness. I would be willing to bet over the last couple of years, you've been more willing to quit good things than you have in the past. Because it's just so easy for some reason right now. Maybe it's because the bucket is getting empty. Faithfulness, gentleness, and even self control. These are the fruits, these are the evidences that we are full of the Spirit. And it's no wonder for some of us, we're running low on these things because our bucket is running out of the main thing, which is the Spirit of God. So what do we do? We have to keep coming back to the source and saying, Holy Spirit, I need you to fill my life. Bring me joy. I want you to I encounter you in a new way, a special way. Continue to fill me. And this is what I put into your notes. We don't need we don't need the Spirit of God to empower us to do more. We don't need the Spirit of God to empower us to do more. I'm sorry, we need the Spirit of God to empower us to do more. I was like, y'all were like, I don't think that's... We need the Spirit of God to empower us to do more. And off to the side I put, not less. Has anyone ever felt... What, what's the first thing you think about whenever you're getting ready... To acknowledge how tired you are, how weak you are, how burnt out you are, you start putting down the right things and hanging on to the wrong things. Maybe you're as guilty as I am when I start getting exhausted and tired. I disconnect from the source so that I can make sure I've got enough strength to do it my way. And what I'm encouraging with today is God doesn't need your strength because his strength is made perfect in your weakness. So what he actually needs is for you to show up and let him be what you need rather than you trying to be what you need. We need the Spirit of God to empower us to do more, not less. And then lastly, I'll give this to you and we'll shut down today. He's your breath. He's your breath. He's your air in your sails. There's a there's a life that is led by the Spirit of God that is encouraged and equipped and filled by the Spirit of God to be moved and full of life. And, and, and actually, so, so in the Old Testament, there's a word, ruach, and in the New Testament, it's called Numa, And that's a Hebrew and a Greek word for uh, the Holy Spirit. So Old Testament, Holy Spirit, New Testament, Holy Spirit. But guess what one of the translations of both of those words mean? Guess what both of those words have in common when it comes to a translation? It literally means. (sighs) I remember growing up in Florida and we've never not had a hot summer. Facts. And uh, I remember, and I've never not been a bigger guy. So thank you for not laughing at that. I really appreciate it. Um, i always been a bigger dude, so I don't particularly care for the heat. Not my favorite thing. I remember this one day in particular, so uh, me and my friends, we were always skateboarding or rollerblading or riding bikes, playing basketball, something. I remember one day I went out and I got on my bike. and uh, or I got my bike. It was in the garage, and I looked at the garage door. And it was summer. It was like the end of summer. So we were getting ready to go back to school, and, and, and we looked at the garage door, and I got on my bike, and as soon as I started pedaling on my bike, I noticed it wasn't like a hot, sticky, glazed donut outside. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Where you feel like humidity is laying on top of you like a blanket, and you're like, ugh. Some of you are like, yeah, I had to walk through it to get in here. So, uh, but I remember I, was, I, was, I got on my bike, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that cool breeze hit me right in the face. And some of you are like thinking like I am now, like I can't wait for fall to get here in January. It's going to be great. And so I remember I got on my bike and I started riding and and, and that cool breeze hit me in the face. And it was like that moment of refreshing. And listen to me. I felt that physically, but that's exactly what some of us are looking for spiritually. And we've gone through like a dry season where it's like, man, my life feels dull. But the main reason it feels dull is because I just don't feel like I've got any wind in my sails. I don't feel like there's any moments of refreshing. And I just kind of feel tired. And I want to help you understand something today. That literally the words that represent the spirit of God in the Bible, both Old and New Testament, both Hebrew and Greek, literally mean to to, to blow a, a breath of fresh air into your soul into your spirit, that you would be empowered and equipped again. And and like, I've got something that's moving me forward. And that's why I think that it's so important that we understand, even when we talked earlier about the doldrums, how we get in this space where it's like, we're in this spot where, where the northern wind isn't blowing and the southern wind isn't blowing. And right in the middle, we feel like we're in a dead space. I'm here to tell you today that in the moments where your environment isn't creating energy for you, and your marriage isn't creating energy for you, and your kids aren't, and your job isn't, and, and all of the situations that you usually need in your life to keep you going and keep you motivated. And, and then the world shuts down and chaos ensues and, and we have more questions than we have answers. And in, in those moments where we're going through those seasons and we find ourselves in a place where we feel like there is nothing that's moving us forward, what you need in that space is the breath of God to breathe new life into your sail so that you can keep moving when everything else in the world tells you to stop. What we need is that the breath of God, and hear me, that comes not from knowing Jesus, not from knowing God, but it comes that the Holy Spirit would step into our life and breathe into us a breath that fills our soul and gets us moving again. That's why Genesis 1, 7, then the Lord formed man. They formed. He formed man from the dust of the ground. And what did he do? Breathe into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. And I believe with everything that's in me that some of you need God to breathe new life into you again. Because everything else in life that you've needed to keep you going, you found it letting you down. And what you need is God to breathe new life in you. The doldrums conversation comes from this book, Fresh Air by Pastor Chris Hodges. And we have some of these in the culture shop if you want to buy one before you leave today. Because I believe God is speaking to some of you that it's time for a new season in your life to get out of where you are. Let's get some fresh air in our lungs and let's start seeing God do something new in and through our life. Why? We need, listen to this, what I want to give you as we wrap up. We need to make time for God to breathe life into us, I'm gonna say it again. We need to make time, say make time. We need to make time for God to breathe life into us. Have you ever noticed, where are the married folks at in the room? Just raise your hand. If you're not married, if you've been in a relationship that's a longer term relationship, you can join in on this analogy. How many of you never plan anything with the person you care about you just kind of hope it works. Fellas ever tried that before? How many of y'all know that's not going to work well for you, right? Ladies, have any of your husbands or boyfriends ever tried to just not talk to you all day and then show up and be like, hey, I love you. And you're like, if you loved me, you would have texted me more than one time over the last six weeks, right? Like. Here's the deal. If you want to have a relationship with someone, you make time for them. And for many of us, we want what the Holy Spirit gives us, but maybe you're as guilty as I am at not creating the time that is needed for us to be close. And I want to encourage you to create time where you spend your prayer life, I bet you you thank Jesus often. I bet you connect with God often. I wanna encourage you to add this little component to your life where you acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is the one that's with you right now. And how do I do that? How do I do that when I'm so busy? Make time. If it's just a few minutes, if it's in your car, where it's at, make time, invite him into the process and let him start to be your helper. Let him start to be your source and let him breathe new breath into you as he takes you where you need to be. Amen. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you. We thank you for who you are in our life. We thank you, God, that you are everything to us. And so we pray, Lord, God, that as you step in to the spaces of our life that have been dead and empty and cold, Father, that we could see how you're moving In so many ways. And so, God, we thank you for your sacrifice where you sent your son. Jesus, we thank you for your life that you laid down for us. But, Holy Spirit, we pray right now that you would be the breath in our lungs. You would be our helper. You would be our source. And we would stay connected to you every day of our life. And so, God, for those of us that have forgotten, maybe we've just gotten so busy. Lord, I pray that you step into our world and you lead us and you guide us. We thank you today. And we love you. In Jesus' name, if you're here today, you need one of three things in your life. Maybe you need a new source. Maybe you need new air, new breath. I want to encourage you to invite the Holy Spirit to become part of your life. Maybe you need the right environment to start growing in. I want to encourage you, go to Next Steps. And at Next Steps, We can help you start getting connected to what God has for you because the right environment is where seeds can grow. And last but not least, with everyone's heads bowed and your eyes closed today, maybe you need the light of Jesus to shine into your life. And if that's you, you need Jesus. You know you've got some things, some sins, separated you from God, but Jesus went to the cross so that you, you could put your faith in him and that you could be saved. And today, if you're ready, to give your life to him. I just want you to pray this prayer with me and this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer just puts words to the actions of your heart that says, Jesus, I'm putting my faith in you that when you died, you paid for my sins. But we're going to pray this prayer together and the whole church will pray with you. So church, let's pray. Say, Dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. I believe in you. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start, and I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. MyTC.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.